Good morning. So, you have a brilliant idea for the great American novel. You're burning with a memoir. You're a poet, a playwright, a flash fiction genius, or our generation's most profound essayist. What's standing in your way? The same thing, most likely, that troubles anyone working on a larger project. Finding time. At today's 11th hour lecture, Mary Ellen joins us with tips for where to make space in our lives and how to protect the time it takes to squeeze in a few sentences. Mary Ellen is the author of two literary memoirs, The Rooms of Heaven and Awake in the Dream House, for which she was awarded an NEA Creative Writing Fellowship. She received an MFA from the Iowa Writers' Workshop and is taught in the nonfiction writing program at the University of Iowa. She currently works as a full-time writing coach. Please join me in welcoming Mary Allen. So let's go. Let's try like right here, maybe. Great. And you can see how that. Okay. Goes. Everybody hear that? Hear well all the way back. Okay. Great. Thank you all for being here. Um, <clears throat> thank you, Carol, for that nice. Introduction, I'll try to live up to it. Um, so in my experience, there's just one little thing that makes all the difference between whether you um, can succeed as a writer and whether you don't. And it sounds overly simplistic, but I believe it's true. And that little one thing, of course, is time. Um, let's face it, one of the biggest challenges of writing, maybe the biggest challenge, is finding time and making time to actually sit down and do it. Um, I sort of think of it like that moment in the movie Field of Dreams where this mysterious voice says um, to Kevin Costner, if you build it, they will come. And except that with this writing and time thing, building it doesn't mean making a ballpark to get ghostly ball players. It means making a little window of time for the writing. Um, we can't make the writing come at least I've never been able to make the right income. But if you make space for it in your day, it will inevitably show up. And if you don't make space for it, it definitely won't show up. Um, I think like most writers, including probably a lot of you, um, I've been working on the problem of finding time to write for as long as I've been writing. And for me, that's, about, that's more than 30 years. Um, one of the first things that launched me on my writing, not wanting to write, because I always wanted to write, but actually doing the writing was some advice that someone gave me about how to find time to write. And that's when I first got the idea that actually writing is really just about making time for writing. If you make the time, it'll happen. And the person who gave me that advice back in the early 1980s was um, somebody who had had a really long, very successful writing life himself. William Shirer, I don't know how many people here have heard of him, he wrote The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich and many other successful books and he wrote until he was, uh, right up until he died at the age of 90 in 1993 and writing was what his whole life was about and he knew how to live a successful writing life and I met him in the early 80s because I worked for a publishing company that was publishing his memoir um, about living in Nazi Germany and um, I was in my late 20s then, and I wanted to be a writer, but somehow I wasn't doing it. And somehow I had the nerve to say that to him, and he looked at me. 
he gave me this very serious look and said, don't wait too long. And, um, and it was probably the only piece of advice I've ever listened to in my entire life. Um, and then he told me, he said, here's what you do. Here's what, I've been, here's what I do. I've done this for years. Um, well, first of all, he said, um, in order to be a writer, you have to write. And um, the only way you can write is to sit down and do it. And the only way you can sit down and do it is to find some way to make time in your life on a regular basis. And so he said, here's the formula that I've used for all these years. Pick a certain amount of time. He said two hours a day, um, but it can be any amount of time. It can be an hour. It can be three hours. It can be 45 minutes if that's all you've got. But anyway, he said, pick a certain amount of time that you've got that you can fit into your day five days a week. And every day, look at your day and see where you can put that amount of time. He, he, said, he specifically said, probably you shouldn't um, make a, like a rigid writing time like I write every day from 9 to 11 because inevitably you will not be able to write from 9 to 11 and you won't and then that'll be then you'll get that'll be the end of your writing for that day if not for your life <laughs> and um so anyway he just said fine pick your time decide when you can do that time on any given day and just do that and he said do it five days a week do not do it seven days a week because you need a break on the weekend um and um so uh, shortly after that, I quit that job in publishing. It was the last full-time job I've ever had. I love to go around bragging that I haven't had a full-time job since 1983. And somebody else said that I like to brag that I have had a full-time job since 1983. Um, anyway, I quit that job. I started supporting myself as a freelance editor, and I started making those two-hour windows of time in my day, five days a week. And... Um, it was really hard, especially at first, to actually do the writing, and I. Um, it was really rather painful, um, and that leads me to my next insight that I have had about that. Um, I believe that writing is like a muscle, like anything else, and if the more you do it, the stronger your muscle is, and so, in a way, the less painful it is. But when I first started really writing for any significant amount of time, my writing muscle was very weak and it was really painful. <laughs> and I did not want to do it. I did not want to do that two hours of writing a day. And um, um, this was not in the early 80s, but eventually in the early 90s, I started working on a long project, which became my first book, The Rooms of Heaven. And my writing muscle was still pretty weak at that time. So I had a real hard time um, making myself sit there and do the two hours of writing. Um, first of all, there was always some reason why I couldn't, and then once I sat down with it, there was always some reason why I had to get back up, you know, like I have to do the laundry or um, whatever. And then I read something in some spiritual book that I can't remember anymore what it was, but it said, if you tie a monkey to a tree, it will try to get away. But if you set the monkey next to a tree and let it get interested, it will go to the tree and it will examine it and it will get engaged in the tree. So as soon as I read that, I knew there's something in this for me as far as my writing goes. Um, so I thought about it. And um, 
what I came to was that the writing, the tree, my writing is the tree and I am the monkey. And um, I need to figure out some way to set myself next to the writing but not make myself feel oppressed by it, not tie myself, not beat myself up, not make myself not want to do it by trying to force myself to, it, to do it. So I came up with this little rule for myself which is all you have to do is sit there in front of your computer for two hours but if you don't write that's fine. And, um, but you can't do anything else like play video games or anything like that, email. And um, so I just started doing that and I believed myself. I just said, okay, I don't have to do anything. I can sit here for two hours if I want to. And, you know, for the first little while I would stare around the room and pet my cat and look out the window and stuff. But then after a while I would get bored and I would start to naturally look at the writing that was on the computer. and. Um, and I have to tell you, I've written two and a half whole books using this method. So um, it's very simple. It's not very hard. Um, it's just takes doing it, and it partly takes you know working with your time and your day. Um, let's see. I was want to say if you don't consciously make that space in your day to do the writing, you could be like me back when I met William Shirer that years can slip by without your doing it. Um, and I think that the same is true for just about anything you want to do. I really believe that the, the key to doing anything is to work with time. Find the time and whatever it is you do will come. If you don't find the time, you won't you know, you won't do it um, because there's so much else to do. And um, especially nowadays, I think we live in a really hyper busy world. I don't know exactly why that is. I've thought a lot about it. I guess a lot of people have various things to say about it. I don't know if it's the internet or what, but we are living in a really busy world and there's always stuff to do. I think of it as like water. Tasks are like water, you know, there's always going to be something you have to do and there's levels of it like you know okay so you you finally cleaned the house now you have to work in the yard or you finally got to the yard now you have to do x and so i think of it as when you make time to do something when you make time to write putting up like a little barrier so that the the water of all those tasks can't get in there and um I have a certain way that I do that, so I'm going to talk about what it is. Um, like I said, I've been working on this finding time to write problem for years, and um, these days my life is a lot busier than it used to be because I'm working as a writing coach. I have appointments all over my days, and um, I used to be able to, my writing time at one time was four hours a day, and I could just fit that four hours in, but I don't have anything like that kind of time anymore. So um, what I do every day is I have this notebook and um, I plan my day not just by making a list but I look at what I have to do like I say. I know this seems really simple but it actually really works. I just um, look at my appointments, I write those down, that's that part of the day that I'm going to be doing. I look at other stuff I have to do. If I have a big chunk of email, I give myself 45 minutes or whatever it is I need for that. Whatever I need to do, even eating or showering or resting or anything like that, I put that into my plan. And I think of my plan for the day, it's kind of like a, 
puzzle, and I'm putting the puzzle of the day together, sort of like I think of it as a square, like the Rubik's Cube or something like that. And, um, and if I don't have time for writing in the day, then I go back and I look at my plan again and say, do I really have to you know, go outside and rake the lawn or something? And a lot of times I find that I don't have to do stuff that I thought I had it to do. So um, it's, it's sort of like I just hold in my mind that writing is a priority and other things are priorities for me too, like self-care, like resting is a priority for me. So those things that are so easy to let them slip by. Um, and, um, and so I make the day, and when I feel comfortable with my plan for the day, then I know I have it right, and then that's the day. And I don't get perfectionistic about it. I don't have to stick to it. If it doesn't work out, fine, no problem. Um, but it feels great because I know when I'm going to be writing and I know when I'm not going to be writing. And that's the other thing I've learned about time for anything is that it's really important to put boundaries around time. And the only way I know of to do that is to plan when you're going to do something. Because if you don't know when you're going to do it, you have this sort of generalized feeling the whole time that you should be doing it, which is almost as worse than doing it. <laughs> it's like that in itself is a kind of burden. So I love it. I know when I'm going to write and when I'm not going to write. And when I'm not going to write, I don't worry about it. And I also know when I'm going to do my work, my coaching work. I keep very close track of the boundaries around time for that. Um, so that works really well for me. Um, 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 well, I just kind of want to go back. I'm not following my notes very well, but um, kind of go back to that idea that you can just let yourself sit there with the writing, but you have to also sort of make yourself sit there with the writing. And, um, you know, something that I've learned about writing, which you probably have all learned too, which is that the minute you sit down to write and you get really quiet and you try to connect with your deepest unconscious self, you start to get scared. <laughs> you know, writing it can be very scary business, and you know, you might get scared. I, I, I've gotten scared of a lot of things over the years. Um, scared that I'm not going to be able to do it. Scared that I'm not going to do it well. Scared that nobody's going to like it. Scared it's going to make somebody mad. You know, all those kinds of fears. And um, so, when that's also where it's helpful for me to just say, okay. All I have to do is sit here, you know? I don't have to write if I don't want to. But I also just let myself have the fears. Like I just say, hello, you know, I'm very, they're real old friends with me now, and I don't try to make them go away. But I also don't pay that much attention to them because I just know they're part of the process. And, um, um, I know that the only thing I have to do is sit there and make time, and pretty soon the writing will come to me. And I really believe that. It's just most people give up when they get the bad feelings or the fear, or it's writing is such a problem-solving thing, and I don't know where somewhere along the line we all got this idea we're supposed to be able to do it right and well at the beginning. And instead of, and like anything else, like, you know, you don't expect to do 500 push-ups very first time <laughs> and it's the same thing with writing um, but I do believe that if you just sit there with it 
quietly. And I have this wonderful quote that I want to read to you from Kafka about this. Um, he doesn't say specifically that it's about writing, but I know that's what it's about. You do not need to leave your room. Maybe everybody's already heard this quote. Remain sitting at your table and listen. Do not even listen, simply wait. Be quiet, still and solitary. The world will freely offer itself to you to be unmasked. It has no choice. It will roll in ecstasy at your feet. I love that quote. And to put it another way, if you build it, it will come. And really, I believe it. You know, if you just sit there with it long enough. And, you know, maybe with some things like a few good classes at the Summer Writing Festival and a good writing group or maybe even a writing coach. Um, um, so I want to talk a little bit about how I write now because I, even despite I just said that whole song and dance about what William L. Shirer told me, I don't do that anymore myself. I do something different. And, but it's not that different. It's still the same principle. And then I also want to talk a little bit about specific situations that people might have, like full-time jobs, and how I would work with that in terms of finding time to write. And also I want to talk a little bit about this practice that I do that is like helps me get a lot of writing done very fast. Um, so let's see. What was the very first thing I was going to say? Um, so, like I said a couple times already, I have, my day is a lot busier than it used to be. I don't have big, long chunks of time that I can really play with. And I do my work in appointments, like hour and a half appointments. And at some point, I decided that I was going to make time to write in a slightly different way than fitting it in every single day. So the way that I, what I did was I consolidated all my appointments into three days a week so that I would have two full days that I could focus on writing. And I think what there's sort of the general thing there is to be learned from that is that there's always some way to work with you, your life if you just sit there and try to do it, you know? And I think part of that is just going, oh, I could do that. You know, like I kept saying, I think I need to work less and I need to have more money so that I can write more. And then I realized, no, you don't. All you need to do is work with the work that you do. And so, you know, I'm lucky because I have this job, this job and this lifestyle where I have a certain amount of freedom to move stuff around. So I consolidated the coaching to three days a week um, and gave myself two full days to write. And on those days, I probably write somewhere between three and six hours on each of those days. Then I encountered a new harnessing time problem on those days, which is because I had made those days, especially for writing, I immediately started to struggle with how much writing I was getting done. And, um, you know, it's like, well, I have the whole day off, so I can make an appointment to go to the chiropractor. Or, you know, um, sure, I can have lunch on that day. And, and then starting to get sort of mad at myself because I wasn't using the days to the best of my ability um, or I wasn't you know just sitting there writing for eight hours a day so you know there's two parts of that one is okay I know I have to treat my writing as something important that I'm going to do and I can't make other plans on those days um, I simply can't I have to be really careful and 
Um, and so that's what I do. If I have to go to a chiropractor appointment or something, I put that, I jam that into the other days, or I don't do it at all, or something. Um, and um, and then I also, you know, something that I've thought about for years with this stuff is, you can't get too perfectionistic about any of it. You know, you can't beat up on yourself for anything because the minute you beat up on yourself, you're not going to want to write, and then writing becomes all about something unfun that you have to struggle with. So um, I try to just one day at a time go, okay, <laughs> whatever, I did the best I could today, and I know that it's a lifetime project. And um, you know, But if I started to not do it day after day after day for months on end or something, then I would know I need to go back to the drawing board and look at my time and figure out you know, figure out a different way to do it. So the other thing I want to say is that um, on the days when I do coach, I sometimes manage to squeeze in a half hour of what I call fast writing. And this has been a huge thing for me. Um, my entire writing life has changed once I started doing this fast writing thing. And anybody who's taken a class here with me has experienced uh, fast writing. Um, it sort of evolved as a practice for me over a long time through various teachers that helped me learn how to do it. And I spend a half hour um, with a partner. My partner can be with me in the room or on the phone. I'll talk more detail a little bit about how I do the fast writing in a minute. But I spend a half hour just sitting there writing as fast as I can without stopping. And um, Nowadays, what I usually do, because I'm working on memoir, um, is that I start with a specific moment, and I enter the moment like a portal, and I just write about what's in that moment for a half hour. And um, it, it's helped me enormously. First of all, you can get a huge amount of writing done that way, and what you get done is very rough. So you, you, there's, it's a two-part process, and the second part has to involve you know, the Bill Shirer method of finding time to work with what you get. But I've written an enormous amount just doing fast writing. And um, not only does it help me with time, but it also helps me with things like perfectionism. You know, I think that was the first big thing I got from it because I was writing so slowly. I had just ground to a halt with my writing, especially, you know, I was in the writer's workshop. And when I came out of that, I could hardly write at all. I mean, I was writing three sentences in two hours, and I couldn't even make it through one sentence without editing it. And um, so this has helped me like get my inner perfectionist to stand to the side for a half an hour. Just, I don't expect you to go away, but just step aside for half an hour. And there's something about that limited amount of time, that half an hour, that makes it possible for me. And... Um, um, the other thing that makes it possible for me is that I do it with a partner and um, I have four fast writing partners right now and three of them live out of town and the way we do it is um, I call up my partner we decide what when we're going to start and who's going to keep track of the time and what we're going to write about and then we say okay goodbye hang up and then we each fast write for a half an hour and I usually call her back and then this is an important part of it too. We read what we wrote to each other and we praise it. We give the other person like a positive, a shot of positive reinforcement. And 
We don't critique it because that's not what this is about. That comes later in the other part of the process. Um, and I had a funny experience. I realized how this thing of having this partner has gotten is so useful to me and it's become sort of a habit for me. And one day I called her and she said, I'm going to go to the bathroom and I'm going to start 10 minutes from now, but you can start now. And I just sat there, couldn't write a thing. And then I looked at my watch and 10 minutes had passed and I started doing it. So, um, so that's been tremendously helpful for me in terms of getting writing done and a lot of writing done fast. And um, I sort of want to say something for people who have full-time jobs. How many people here have full-time jobs or, yeah. So I think that um, for me, that's the biggest experience, biggest challenge in terms of fitting writing into your life. Um, I, um, I think if you're one of those people who can get up at like 4.30 in the morning, I have a couple clients who can do this, get up at 4.30 in the morning and write for an hour or something from 5 to 6 or even 5 to 7 or something, you've got it made. But I have never been one of those people. I could never do that to save my life. So that option is out for me. Um, but I think that the good, one of the good parts about having a full-time job is that you know pretty much what your schedule is going to be and you know what time is available to you. And um, my suggestion for people with full-time jobs who really want to get some writing done is to find a writing partner. Um, I have a handout for fast writing, anybody who wants it. Um, I'll write my email address on the board and you can send me an email and I'll send it to you. And um, the, it's really important when you find a partner to do that, that they can get into the spirit of this is not about critiquing, this is not a workshop. Here we're just writing stuff and their job is to give you positive reinforcement when you're done because then you'll want to keep doing it and you will get better at it. Um, so, you know, if you find somebody who wants to be a fast writing partner, you could get together with them in some nice coffee shop, you know, in some sort of throwaway time of the weekend, like four to six on Saturday afternoon or something, and, and write together and get a lot of writing done that way. And then you probably want to find some other little bit of time during the week, um, whatever it is, even if it's just one hour or something. Um, where you work with the material that you've already, that you've generated. And um, I think that's what I would do if I had a full-time job. Um, fast writing also helps a lot with the fear, I don't want to do this problem that I think a lot of, pretty much everybody has because you're doing it with a friend, so it's fun. And you know you're, there's no way you can fail because your friend is going to find in the writing what's good. And that's important, too. Um, I think second to time, probably the biggest pitfall people run into with writing is their own perfectionism and their own fear of failure and their own inability to sort of stick with the writing in the face of that. And I do fast writing with people all the time, and also my clients do fast writing all the time. And they always feel like after they've done the writing, this is terrible. I don't even want to look at this. I'm ashamed of this. And then they read it and it's great. And so it's my job as the partner to tell them what's great in it so that they will know, so that they will see what's good in the writing. And, um, and then they can build on what's good 
and I, I like to use the positive reinforcement method of teaching um, because I believe that it works. And I believe that if you tell someone they look good in a shirt, they will wear it every day. But if you tell someone they look bad in a shirt, they will just take it and throw it away. Um, let's see, what else? Um, I guess that's almost all I have to say. I want to see, ask people if they have any questions, and I want to have, pass along my contact information. Um, but I just want to say the most thing, the most important thing for me of all is for people to know that no matter what you have to do to write, no matter how you have to work with time or how you have to face some of your own fear, or um, it's worth it. I, I really, especially if as I'm sure is true for all of you because you are here, if there's something in you that feels like you want to write, then it's worth it. It's worth whatever you have to do in order to do it and stick with it and keep doing it. Because for me, the scariest thing of all would be to come to the end of my life and say, I didn't write. And um, writing is a way to to find your deepest self and, and let your deepest self come to the surface. And um, it takes a lot of work and sometimes it can be pretty scary to find that deepest self. And it doesn't matter what you're writing, whether you're writing fiction or whatever, but that's what writing is. It's about opening the door between you and your deeper self, I believe. And, um, and it is worth it. So... Um, as a writing coach, I regard my job as to um, make it possible for people to write, to make it possible for people to achieve those dreams if they want to, to create the conditions so that people can do the writing. Um, and um, I guess I want to say that uh, if anybody wants to be in touch with me, I have a website, I can give you my email address. I'm always open to talking to people for whatever reason about anything. And if anybody's interested in asking about the coaching, I'd love to talk about that too. So I'll give you my... <laughs> I guess I won't do that way. Um, and while I'm doing this, I think of your questions. If you have any questions, you've got plenty of time left. So I have, uh, um, I have a blog called Harnessing Time. And it's where I write about all kinds of things having to do with how I work with time in my life and how I find time to do everything from writing to exercising and to mostly to getting peaceful around time instead of feeling like I'm battering away at it. Like my metaphor for harnessing time is time is like the wind and you can, if you can get it at your back, you can do anything. But most of the time we're just walking into the wind and, you know, struggling with it. And so I sort of gave myself this project, how can I get time at my back? And it has worked. It really has worked. And I have a blog about it. So the, um, the address for the blog is um, www.harnessingtime.blogspot.com. Um, 
to say that when I do my time planning, I mean, I know there's lots of good computer and electronic options out there for planning time. I just don't do any of them because they sound confusing to me and because I think it would take more time for me to figure out how to use them than it would be worth. Um, but I do know that that is true and I'm sure they work well for a lot of people. So there's a thing, there's a, um, a line if you go there that says email me this or something like that and if you put in your email address any post that I have will come directly to your, um, to your email. So um, my email address is the title of my second book, Awake in the Greenhouse. Kind of a long, complicated, stupid title. Gmail.com. Um, I also have a website. If you Google Mary Allen Writer, that'll give you that, and all this information is on the website. And I have some business cards too if anybody wants to come up and, and get one of those afterwards or say hi or anything. So, does anybody have any questions? Yeah, that's a great question. So how do you find time to market, promote, find publishers, all that? Is that the question? Yeah. yeah. And how do you delistify that too as a new writer? That's just like, oh, totally. I, that's, for me, that's a, an even bigger challenge and a bigger time challenge too. Yeah. So did everybody hear that question? Um, well, what I do is, what I do with everything, I make time in my day, one day at a time for it. So. Um, you know, like on a day where I'm coaching all day long, I won't put time in for that. But um, I'll just say, work on marketing, you know, two to four today. And then I have a whole list of tasks that I can do. And yeah, I think that's a really good question because nowadays we all have to wear more than one hat. You know, it used to be you wrote your book, you gave it to your agent, you're done. Now you get to do your next book. Um, but that's not what it's like anymore. So now we have more jobs, you know, it's like we have the job of the writer, now we have the job of the book promoter or whatever. And yeah, and I, that can be daunting and that creates a whole different set of fears. Um, or maybe it just amplifies the other set of fears or whatever it does for me. But I think it can be done in the same way everything else can be done one day at a time making space in your day for it. And um, certainly there's lots of available information on the internet. The internet itself can be a big time pit. And you know you can spend two hours just trying to find one thing on the internet, which is frustrating. And then also I know a number of people who really struggle with their, you know, their addiction to just sitting there surfing the web all the time. So, um, that's another time challenge that you have to work with. You know, if you really, really want to spend time surfing the internet, write that on your day. Surf, you know, do it 10 to 10.30 or something. Um, and I think it's good to keep those kinds of marketing tasks simple on any given day. You know, like give yourself one task. And instead of sort of trying, putting down four things, um, because those tasks, take a lot of time and a lot of energy. 
Um, and I think, you know, the psychological aspect of them is huge because it's so easy to attach your sense of self-worth to them. And um, I know that's been something that I've had to actually work on a little bit. It's just getting to a neutral place with it. Okay, this is what I do. I let go of the results. This is when I do it. This is when I'm not doing it. And, um, and also things like resting and writing are at least as important as that to me. Does that answer your question? Very well, thank you. Thanks. Anybody else? That was a great question. I'd like to make a suggestion as an alternative to finding <clears throat> certain times to write. I'm, I'm a full-time professional writer. That's how I make my living. And so I'm very, very comfortable with deadlines. So if I've got a big project to work on, like a book project, I will commit myself to a certain number of words in a month. For example, 50,000 words in a month. And it doesn't matter when I write or how long I write as long as I keep to that word count. And that usually means breaking it down into a certain amount of words per week or per day or whatever. But rather than uh, assigning a certain block of time, you assign yourself a certain amount of words. Mm -hmm. Great, thanks. Does everybody hear that? Um, yeah, I think every different things work for different people. That would not work for me because it would just make me tense. And I don't, um, I think maybe just because of the way that I write, I, I have a different kind of writing maybe than you do or, or something. But, um, but yeah, I think that's a great suggestion. And I think that the important thing to know is that it just, whatever works for anybody and that that might be good. Um, anybody else want to say anything? I, uh, I came to creative writing after a lifetime of writing technical papers. And when you sit down to write a technical paper, it can be very daunting. So I evolved a method where I put on the easy parts. There are parts that are easy and parts that are more difficult. There, in that they require more creative energy. So I wondered, when you're doing Maybe. I think it depends on whatever the project is. It's like the only rule of thumb that I can find with writing is there is no rule of thumb for anything because everything di is different. And um, I think, you know, when I do that fast writing, for me, that's easy because I allow myself to let go and not you know, like what I've learned is that the real writing happens in the writing. You can't really plan creative writing outside the writing. I mean, I work in memoir, which means I'm working with my memories. And when I sat down to write a memoir about my childhood, I thought, wait a minute, I don't remember anything about my childhood. What am I thinking? And then I realized that um, it didn't matter because it's all in the writing. And so uh, for me, it's always been... Um, just get there, and then it'll happen. Because you can't, you know, if, if you overthink it beforehand or you try to plan it or control it beforehand, that's not real writing. That's just thinking about writing. 
and you can't know what the writing will be until you enter it. And so a lot of the problems for me in writing involve um, sort of a conflict between what my real writing self wants to do and what I think I should do. Or else what I, like if I've written something that I'm attached to and I don't want to get rid of it, but part of me does want to get rid of it, you know, part of me knows I need to put it aside or whatever, then I can have a conflict with that for a long time, see? No, yes, no, yes. Um, so that's sort of more my approach to these things, is rather than try to figure out what's the easy parts, is um, just set yourself to it and see where it takes you. And you'll know when it's taking you to the right place because you'll feel really engaged in it and you'll want to keep going. And if, you know, listen to your intuition, if you don't feel interested in it, if you find yourself bored by your own writing, that's probably a fair indication that somebody else is going to be bored by it too and that you might be on the wrong track. A question about editing. The way I interpret what you said is you're always sitting down with the blank page and starting from scratch, or at least the two-hour period, and yet uh, much of writing is in Absolutely. No, no. I use a lot of my writing time for editing. Um, yeah, that's a thank you. That's a great the distinction. The fast writing—that's just generating. Has nothing to do with editing. But I, I do my writing times where I'm just sitting there quietly with it. I would say eighty percent of that, or maybe even more, is involves editing or just working with, not necessarily editing the language, you know, punctuation and stuff like that, but looking at the larger questions of, the, of it. You know, how, how does this work as a narrative? And how do I shape these pieces to create a whole? Or um, where do I need to write more? Where do I need to go deeper? Um, so yeah, that's actually most of my writing time is spent doing that. So, follow up. If you, um, if you sit down in one of these two hour periods, do you have yesterday's writing in front of you? Yes. I, I usually have yesterday's writing in front of me, or I have some writing that I have done in the past that I'm going to work on in front of me. Yeah. In fact, I have to say that in the old days when I did the two hours, a lot of it was generating new material on the blank page, but now I almost completely generate new material through that fast writing, and I can hardly do it the other way. So a lot of what I'm doing during my writing time is working with material that I have generated that's kind of raw, and... Um, figuring out what to do with it. Does that answer that question? That's a really great question. How frequently do you do the fast writing and do you and your partner uh, draw from the same prompt or do each of you have your own prompts for what you want to do? Well, I think you can do it however it works for you. Um, for years I did fast writing once a week with some Buddy, the same person and we sat at my kitchen table and we did three half hours of fast writing and now I do a half hour as many days out of five days of the week that I can um, and but it doesn't matter you know you can whatever you want whatever works for you and also how long you sit there and do the writing that's whatever works for you too you know like 
half hour is good, 20 minutes is fine. Um, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't do it for longer than a half hour. And um, what was the other part of your question? Oh, do we use the same prompts? Yeah, that's a great question, too. You can. I think it can be fun to do that. But most of the fast writing I do now, I'm just doing to build on my current project. So I have a pretty good idea of what, I'm, what I want to write. And, um, but I think it's a great way to start with both people working on writing the same prompt or different prompts. And I have hundreds of prompts. If so if you want prompts, just send me an email, and I'll send them. Because um, prompts are great. Does everybody know what we mean by prompts? Um, it's just um, things, I, I come up with my own prompts, but you can probably get them, you know, you can get them from me or you can get them from other places on the internet. Um, it's just a little thing to help you connect with some memory that you might not have connected with before. Like I remember years ago, one of my prompts was um, an experience with bread. And so how I have people go through the prompts is look at the prompt and then just put down the first thing that pops into your mind. You know, don't struggle, just whatever it is. And I thought, that's kind of a dumb prompt experience with bread, but I had this client who, got, who found this memory of being in the Sinai Desert or something and um, Bedouin eating locusts on pieces of bread, which was a gr one of the best stories I've ever heard from a client. So you know, that's what I mean by prompts. Anything that will help you connect with a piece of material that you probably wouldn't have thought any other way. And I, you know, I, for me, writing is all about finding ways to connect to your, to that larger, smarter part of yourself that people call the unconscious, because I believe that's where all the good writing comes from. And I believe that a lot of what it takes to become a good writer is learning how to step aside and let and, and create your unconscious won't do it any more than a handheld vacuum cleaner will vacuum itself but you need to plug it in and so I think a lot of writing is about learning how to step aside or learning how to get connected to your unconscious and to get out of the way of it you know like if you're trying to impose on it your ideas about something then it's going to be a struggle because it's going to be a struggle to get something good. And, um, and that's why the fast writing works for me because it's a way for me to, to connect with my unconscious and to connect with my memory, you know, which is not for everybody, but if you're writing memoirs, you know, the memory is an amazing spiritual thing. And um, if you can just let it happen, if you can just connect with it, you can find all sorts of stuff in your memory. Everybody looks so tired. <laughs> I hope it's not me. Um, anybody, any other questions? These are all great questions. So I've been trying to go to that uh, Which one, that harnessing time one? Oh, okay. Well, let me give you my, um, my actual website. It's just maryallenwriter.com. And that, I think you can connect to that. Or you can send me an email. I wonder why you can't get through to it. Huh, I hope other people are having that problem, too. So I would like to make my website just Mary Allen, but somebody else already has it. Oh. Wait, Mary Allen. Um, send me an email at this email address, and I'll, I'll help you um, connect to it. And I'll try to figure out why you can't, too. Any other questions? Are we?
done. Thank you all for coming. Hope you have a great rest of your week.